2: folks welcome to another episode of film study this is ken mccusick we're here to talk about that one play and in this case the one play is a very weird one it's the game ending holding call on the punt that won allowed the ravens to win the game against the bengals at home in 2014 just an outstandingly weird play we've seen it of course before in ravens games and uh, here to talk about it with me is nick
3: hall nick how you doing Great! It's really great to talk to you, Ken. Um, I believe it was two thousand sixteen. Was the game? I, I'm sorry. Did I say? Did I say another year? Two thousand
2: fourteen or something? Okay, very good. You're right. Two thousand sixteen. Uh, so good stuff. Uh, let's uh, let's set it up a little bit for us, Nick. And first of all, tell us kind of why you chose this play, why it was important to you, and then and then set up the game itself.
3: Sure. This this uh, is a play that I'll I'll never forget. Uh, the way it ended the game in a weird way and. Boy, it just seemed to be a different time for the, the Ravens. They had they seemed to pull out games in very strange manners. and I, I seem to have a lot of faith of them to do that. and that this is one of those, those times.
2: Flacco was a was a very clutch player uh, in a lot of ways in terms of getting the team the yards they needed, particularly if they needed a field goal. Um, uh, but also occasionally when they needed a touchdown against Pittsburgh, certainly in 2010 and in 2011, both years at Pittsburgh, he threw essentially game ceiling touchdowns in the final seconds. Uh, so I definitely had more of a record of a clutch quarterback than, uh, than probably a lot of people remember him for, um, certainly the, a lot of the people who watched the later Flacco years when he wasn't that good, uh, Mm -hmm. I think they, they're, they're, their memories tend to get crusty about how just how good Joe was in the early years. Yeah. So, this 2016 team coming off that horrible injury infested 2015, talk about it a little bit.
3: Yeah. And then 2016, they started out 3 0, um, but then they went on to lose five of the next seven. And that included a four game losing streak where Mark Tressman was fired as OC and Marty Mornweg was replaced him. And at this point, the Ravens were five and five, and they really needed a win. And Cincy, man, Baltimore had just been struggling with Cincy. They would lost five straight meetings with them, and the Bengals really seemed to always have Joe Flacco's number. He really struggled with them. I mean, the interceptions alone. Uh, he, he the Cincy defense really knew how to play. Him.
2: Yeah, the this Cincinnati defense of that era was one of the teams that could get consistent four man pressure. And by the way, if if you can only do one thing well in the NFL, if you can get consistent four man pressure, you can do a lot of things defensively because your secondary will generally hold up even if it's not that great. Uh if your if your front four is getting pressure. And Cincinnati never really had to had to rush numbers against Flacco in this era. Uh and even though Ronnie Stanley, I guess, was in his rookie season this year, um, you know, they they were able with Carlos Dunlap and with others uh, mm-hmm. to get pressure uh, on a fairly consistent basis that was forcing Flacco to get rid of the ball. And Joe had a bad way of not recognizing closing windows on intermediate routes in particular. Mm-hmm. And against Cincinnati, that ended up with some tip balls and some interceptions.
3: Certainly. Um, in, in this game, Flacco threw a beautiful touchdown pass to Richard Perryman in the first quarter in the corner of the end zone. And then uh, Dalton threw a touchdown to Tyler Eifert. And that was it for touchdowns in the game. The rest were field goals. And this really starts going in the fourth quarter. It's a 19-12 to 12 game. And the Bengals are driving. They're on the Baltimore 45 with two minutes and 30 seconds left. And on the next eight Dalton pass attempts, the defense is able to knock down four balls. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Suggs knocks down one. Juden gets two. I think urban gets another, maybe. Uh, And and really one was like, just right out of the reach of Mosley. They could have had five, Um, but the defense is playing tough. Regardless, the Bengals, they're able to convert a couple more first downs and they get all the way to the 16 yard line. Um, It's, it's third and 10 with a minute, 12 left. Baltimore shows pressure. Everybody is up on the line, but uh, Mosley and Weddle and Doomerville is able to beat the tackle around the edge for a strip sack of Dalton and Lawrence guy recovers the fumble and it's everything they needed in that last minute left of the game. Um, and great to see them get
2: off the field defensively. That's, that's something that the Ravens of all years have not been able to do, but that 2016 team, actually did it against Jacksonville as well early in that season. And so they, they had a little bit of mojo.
3: For sure. Yeah, that was one of those early um, wins in the season where they looked like they were going to be really good. So there's a minute five left since he has two timeouts, and Baltimore runs three plays, and they can't convert a first down. Um, The game clock runs all the way down to 11 seconds. They take a delay a game, and that's when this play really happens. Um, So so they're at their own 28-yard line. Mm-hmm. setting up this play
2: and they're going to have to punt. And I, I don't know what year it was or how much earlier it had been. I think it'd been a number of years earlier that, that the giants punted the ball back to Deshaun Jackson and he went the distance on a fumble. Yeah. Punt. yeah.
3: That was the last game of the season. I think to get them into the playoffs, I think the, yep. the giants were knocked out of the playoffs with that return. Yes. Yep. Right. So punting late in games can be quite dangerous. Uh, no matter how little time is left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they're they're getting ready right to punt, they're in punt formation. All of a sudden the gunners move in to close to the tackles for tight punt protection. And on the snap, everyone starts holding their man and, and holding their man. I mean, when I'm watching it, you can find it on YouTube. Matt Elam, he takes his man to the ground. Morgan Cox gets knocked on his back, but he's holding on, getting dragged on his back. Uh several players are are on the ground. And all the while, Cook is running around in the end zone near the outbounds, waiting for time to expire. And right as time runs out, he steps out for a safety, and there's flags all over the field.
2: Mm-hmm. What what rem- I remember about it, like very starkly, was when watching the the the, the game when I got home, is that. The announcers lose all ability to make a call. like they mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they didn't see it coming in Super Bowl forty-seven, which was the first time the Ravens pulled right. this, of course. And they didn't see it coming this time either, for whatever reason, even though it's, you know, it had been done. So this was the second time Harbaugh had, had done it to attempt to close out a game. They came close to against the 49ers. But this, this, this game, just as you described, everybody's bear-hugging somebody, and they yeah. can't figure out what the strategy is. Flags no. all over the place, you know, kind of thing. But they can't figure out what the strategy was. That's what, that was, what was so funny about it. And, uh, and of course, that was uh, uh, hotly contested after the game. Bengals obviously very unhappy that this ends the game. But to be, I'm sorry. I don't want to get ahead. Tell us the rest of the story.
3: Well, it's, it's hysterical. Dan Fouts is doing the game. And, and right before the punt, he says, you know, the Ravens have some options here. Cook could run around in the end zone and try to just run out the clock. And even when this happens, yeah, he still doesn't quite know, know what to say. He, uh, I, I think after the flags are on the field, he goes, you know, it couldn't have been holding on all of them, but there are four flags out on the field <laughs> and they're just unsure how to call. And, you know, the, the refs all, all huddle up. There's an announcement. Uh, that-
4: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
3: There are multiple fouls on the offense we're holding. The result of the play is a safety. Those two points will count. And by rule, there's no extension of the game. The game is over. Ravens win. Very good. Very
2: good. There's so much from that game to love. I think I think there are, uh, first first of all, I did want to mention this also. J- uh, Justin Tucker had three field goals, 52-54, and a 57 or 59 yards was the third one. It might have been
3: 57.
2: 57-54. Yeah. And fifty-two also, though, right?
3: In fifty-two, yeah,
2: yeah. So three, three field goals over fifty in this game. It definitely is one of Justin C- Tucker's career highlights. My college um, uh, friend Dan Horde was calling the game for the Bengals, so I went to school with oh. him at, at, at the time, and and he, he was he was the first person I remember at the time calling Justin Tucker the greatest kicker in NFL history, and it was in his fifth season. So <laughs> that's pretty. He, he was on the board
3: early with that. It it was amazing watching, rewatching this game, just what a weapon Tucker was. So those three field goals that you're talking about that were 50 plus, they all happened in the first half. And it was the first time that had ever happened in a, in a game, uh, that a, a kicker converted those. Um, like meanwhile, Cincy, they missed their only extra point attempt of the game, you know, and, and they're punting like whenever they can. It, Tucker. He he was so automatic then, and I remember the announcers talking about how he had. not What did you say? This was his fifth year, fifth, and fifth he year, had yeah. yet yet to miss a field goal attempt in his career. He he is such a weapon. It's, uh, yet, it's yet to so miss a field different. goal
2: attempt of of what uh, of some shorter distance or. Oh, something. I'm sorry, an extra point. Extra point, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Unfortunately, we'd see that again in this in the Saints game, and <laughs> a couple of years later, but uh, yeah. But, this we we briefly mentioned that the Super Bowl forty seven parallels here. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean they they ran the same play in the Super Bowl. The difference being they they couldn't run out the clock. Um, it wasn't as successful. I would have picked that play if if they were able to run it all the way to zero. But in the Super Bowl, there's st- still four seconds left when Cook took the safety, and they had to kick it back to San Francisco.
2: Yeah. yeah, so it was, it was a one of the things that could have happened if if Cook had not gotten a real bomb off is they could have had a fair catch and gotten a free kick. Didn't have a really big leg on uh, who was the kicker for the for the uh, 49ers that day. It's it's the uh, Eagles kicker. I want to say it's Avery, but that's not quite it. Was it? E- Doesn't I
3: matter. Who it was. Okay.
2: Doesn't matter. But anyway, not not a really big leg uh, uh, that day. But but, you know, other teams should have seen this coming. And I think they probably should have had the discussion on the competition committee prior to the end of prior to happening a second time mm-hmm. uh, probably immediately after that 2012 season they should have done something about it but they did change the rule and we were talking about it in our production meeting but we don't really know exactly how it was changed other than i think it's probably another untimed down is added on an offensive foul like this that ends
3: the game or, or possibly a second is added to the to the clock could could be I, my money would be on
2: an untimed down because yeah. that's usually the way that thing is done. But uh, but yeah, uh, and anyway, the other thing that really gets me about this is this is obviously a game the Bengals are very upset after and, and, and kind of vocal about mm-hmm. you know, not not getting up not having to punt and yada yada. But what also is true is that Harbaugh after the 2014 playoff loss to the Patriots was all over Belichick for the for the um, having a player who was in the game. Be switched back and forth between an eligible and an ineligible receiver. Mm-hmm. And that he was very upset about that. And it, it, you know, the, the point was that he says defense is allowed to substitute if, he, if they make changes, an eligible receiver change is a is a change. And apparently, and there's this is something that's not really well known, but the officials meet with each team before the game. To, to see if there's any trick plays they have in mind to make sure that they understand what they're trying to accomplish and if that fits within the rules. So they they actually have advanced knowledge of these things being considered. Now, probably not in the case of this punt because the, the, they they had to really figure this out on the field, but other cases like putting a if you want to put your tight end in the middle of your offensive line and offset him, which the Ravens have mm-hmm. done before, that kind of thing they they show that to the to the officials beforehand in a special meeting and uh and then they uh they give the officials essentially advanced warning to rule it properly, so uh, it's interesting that that uh that this kind of thing uh obviously I think that the the um the patriots must have gotten an advanced ruling from the officials in that game, and it's just kind of interesting that Harbaugh has been on both sides of this argument,
3: yeah, and that's the funny thing, right? I'm loving it when the Ravens win a game on this. I'm going ballistic in two thousand and fourteen when yep. The Ravens can't figure out which one is the eligible receiver, um, you know, along with Harbaugh on the sidelines doing the same thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, uh, he was very upset that day. That's for sure. Um, the Ravens presence on the competition committee, I think, has always been something that has been a, a good thing for the team to maintain. Um, and, and we, we learned this year from the coin flip situation that three of the four AFC North teams are represented only the Browns are not, but the Bengals have some female executive on the group who was obviously campaigning for there to be no coin flip for the Ravens to, uh, get the home wild card game had that, had they somehow won that last game at Cincinnati. Uh, but the other, the other, uh, thing that really bothered me about this is that Tomlin has been on the committee for years. I think even before Harbaugh got there it makes sense because he's been in a league for longer, but Tomlin was involved in that sideline play where he got fined half a million dollars for obstructing Jacoby Jones. I was thinking, you know, fine him a hundred thousand dollars, but the meaningful thing's got to be that, that he's got to lose his spot on the competition committee. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Funny, be okay with that? <laughs>
3: I, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But f- f- thinking about that, uh, when they had to kick it back to San Francisco, uh, I remember in some of the behind-the-scenes footage, uh, Joe Flacco talking about how uh, he was going to tackle anybody yes. who ran past him <laughs> off of the side. <laughs> Yeah,
2: Now, that's not knowing the rules, because that, that, that could have been awarded a touchdown. It's been done in the Cotton Bowl, famously, in 1954, I think. Somebody but, came off the sidelines. You, you're aware of it, right?
3: And kind of reminds me of Tomlin, not knowing where he was <laughs> on the field and just stepping in front of Jacoby Jones in the run back.
2: Yeah. In the Cotton Bowl is actually somebody came off the bench and made the tackle and they and mm-hmm. they awarded the they, they awarded the touchdown. But uh, but anyway, Nick, really appreciate having you on. This is a great discussion. Always a, a lot of fun to do these episodes. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online.
3: Uh, I'm on Twitter as N Hall. But to be honest, I, I, I do not interact much on there. I, I pay attention to what Ken says and uh, I, I listen along to the podcast.
2: Uh, well, I really appreciate that. Always nice to hear. If other folks out there, if you'd like to be on one of these shows and you have a, a, a play to discuss, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it doesn't take a ton of prep. I mean, maybe you rewatch the play. Maybe you'll, you think a little bit about where, where the team was in the season. But it doesn't really take a ton of prep, I don't think. I'd love to have you on to meet some new people. I'm trying to ask wide, wide a group as possible do these shows. Uh, so please just contact me. Uh, DMs on Twitter are always open. I'll respond very quickly. Nick, total turnaround time in terms of, of – Original idea to airtime on this maybe a week ten days yeah I think a week okay well terrific uh, so it'll be quick that that we'll uh, we'll get back and get it recorded Nick thanks again for coming on thank you for your time and I'll talk to you next time on film stuff. <laughs>